So our reading this morning is from John chapter 6, verses 25 to 35, and it's entitled, Jesus, the Bread of Life. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to internal life, which the, the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father was placed, has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works of, that God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous signs then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Right. Uh, we're continuing the Lord's Prayer, and we've reached the point in the Lord's Prayer where it says, give us each day our daily bread. So that's what we're going to be thinking about. Eric's enjoying this. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Well done. Our giving is part of our worship. Um, it's why we, we don't just have an offering box here because it costs money to run a church. We, we put money here as well as part of our, uh, we put offering boxes here as part of our worship. That's always been the case throughout the scriptures. God has encouraged people to, oh, well done, uh, to bring, bring of what we have and give to those in need. Uh, so as I said earlier, the money that they put in here, thank you, will be going to help children around the world. Now, uh, bread has always been a symbol of life. Uh, whether that's referring to the physical food that actually goes into our stomachs so that we can live, or whether bread is being used metaphorically uh, for the, the deeper things of life, such as when Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life. Now, in the Lord's Prayer, we ask God to give us this day our daily or our needed bread. Uh, that prayer is a recognition that life in every sense is given by God. Uh, life is a gift, it is grace. Not only that, but it's an ongoing gift, because as the prayer says, give us each day our bread. So this, this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray assumes that we live and that all creation lives because of the ongoing generosity of God. Now, I think that makes this prayer very important. If bread represents life itself, then understanding life as something that is given, 
That will really change your outlook, your attitude, your behavior, your response to everything, really. It means, for example, the world is not here to be owned and dominated by us, but to be received and experienced and handled as a daily gift from God. And under, if you understand things like that, then that will indeed change not only how you view things yourself, but how we then live towards one another. So I think what, you know, what might seem a rather ordinary prayer at first turns out to be an all-encompassing kind of prayer. It's about how we see God and how we see the world and see, therefore, ourselves and see one another. Perhaps this is one of the purposes of prayer, by the way. Uh, prayer places the particular parts of our life, such as bread, into a bigger picture where God is central. And I think prayer is particularly helpful in that respect. Prayer can therefore reshape our view of things as we do it. Uh, right from who God is as Lord, right down to the bread, the day-to-day -day food on our plates. Prayer brings everything, doesn't it, into relationship with God. And therefore it helps us to think about who we are in relation to him and the world and, and to one another. Now this particular prayer uh, harks back to the Old Testament story in the book of Exodus where God fed the Israelites bread as they journeyed through the wilderness. So God had rescued the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, uh, but then they had no food as they journeyed through the desert. So God made something called manna appear on the ground each morning, uh, a strange type of food which they also referred to as bread from heaven. And the Israelites were told by God that they should gather and enjoy only what they needed each day so that everyone would have enough. And if anyone tried to take more than they needed at the expense of others in the community, it would all just go bad, it would go rotten. And this is why, by the way, I think the best translation of this prayer is give us each day the bread that we need. Uh, the word that we often translate daily is actually not found anywhere else in ancient Greek literature. And that means it's quite difficult to be certain how you should translate it. You haven't got anything else to compare it with. Uh, but the options seem to be it either means daily bread or necessary bread. And I think the old Israelite story is the key. Give us each day the bread that we need, just like the Israelites who took the bread that they needed each day, and through it, they learned how to live in community as God's people in God's world. They learned how to trust God's grace day by day. Now, if that's what the prayer is kind of getting us to think about, then we, we do have a problem, don't we? Because we don't always see life as a gift. And we don't always like to accept that we have to rely on someone else, God, day by day. We certainly don't always feel content with having what we need rather than having everything we want. But Jesus seems to be saying that one of the purposes of prayer is to teach us how to see things better in a more healthy way. Through prayer, we learn to take up a posture of gratitude and dependence and trust in God, a position which actually, despite perhaps our fears, will make us more alive than before, not less. As, um, as Jesus said 
in John 6, when he was referring to himself as the bread of life, he said, look, those who come to him hungry will be filled, and those who come to him thirsty will actually never be thirsty again. So Jesus is teaching us to kind of refocus as we pray, to position our, our lives again within the grace of God, that word give that we begin with. Lord, give us each day, we pray, what's best for us. Not necessarily what we think we need or what we want, but what you know we need, Lord. Now, I just want to, just a word of caution here. We might wrongly conclude that this prayer means we should never have anything other than the bare essentials in life. And that anything more than that is somehow indulgent and wrong. But I don't think that's the case. This prayer is not saying you can never have any nice things. God created nice things. And he made us capable of creating nice things ourselves. So when Jesus talks to us about having the bread that you need, I don't think he means you can never experience more than that. I don't think he means uh, we can never experience the joy of a, you know, a beautifully crafted object, for example, that someone spent time and thought and creativity making. I don't think he's saying you can't experience an exceptional quality cheese. That's one for me. Adrian. <laughs> I don't think he's saying, you know, you can never go on that holiday that actually you've, you've been looking forward to all your life because you wanted to visit that place. Uh, this prayer is not saying you can't enjoy special things from time to time. After all, God did not create a purely utilitarian world, did he? He created a world with all sorts of finesse and creativity and richness that sprinkled through it. But here is the thing. If there are people in the world today who never get to experience those extra blessings, it's then that we need to ask why. And if it's because others actually have prevented them by hoarding all the manna for themselves, shall we say, like the Israelite story. Maybe we have done that. Maybe we're part, we, maybe we live in a world where we're part of a system that enables some people to enjoy all the extras that they desire while others struggle even to make ends meet and that's really the point here this is a prayer about an attitude we have towards the world and one another either we can have as this prayer suggests an attitude of reliance on god's grace and therefore a life of gratitude and generosity and concern for each other or we could alternatively live with an attitude of kind of greed and boasting in what we have. But the Israelites discovered that when you do that, it just turns bad. So if the basis of everything, as this prayer suggests, if the basis of everything is the grace of God, it is all a gift, then you can't just pray this prayer for yourself. Notice that the pronouns are plural in this prayer. It's not give me each day my needed bread. It is give us, plural, each day our needed bread. It's, again, it's just like the Israelites who had to understand that if the manna was for any of them, it had to be for all of them. Some of them tried to gather as much as they could, but it just rotted away. And I think that's quite a powerful picture of the danger of greed 
in our lives and in our world. For us today, God has provided for this world in which we live so that everyone can be fed. And, and above and beyond that, everyone can or should be able to enjoy the added blessings of life that God gives too. Now, we know that's the case. We know there is enough. And if people are without bread in the world today, it's not because of a lack of generosity and provision on God's part, but because of a lack of responsibility and justice on ours. And I think this is therefore a prayer about that as well, about the justice or injustice we see in the world. Because Jesus says it's about us. Give us our bread. It's not about just me. It's about the gift of God to all people. So this simple prayer, Lord, give us each day the bread that we need, is actually quite a statement, particularly in our culture today, because the mantra today tends towards, give me the bread that I want. But as Christians, we're saying, no, give us the bread that we all need. And what we're saying is God has taught us something and is continuing to teach us something. But we don't want, we're saying, we, we mean that prayer, we're saying we don't want to be part of that game of me first, or I'm getting to the top, or I should have everything I want, and I want as much as I can get. Because that is out of sync, we're saying, with how the universe is meant to be. Instead, we are saying, Lord, we know that everything is a gift from you. We know that we all depend on your grace, your giving, every single day. So we're not going to boast in what we have as if it's ours, when actually everything we have, we received. And we don't want to live selfishly in greed, but rather we pray, Lord, give us each day as a human family what we need and help us to understand both what it is that we need and also how we should receive and enjoy it and share it together. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that bread doesn't just mean food. <laughs> Um, it's also, bread is also a symbol of everything that we need to live, including those deeper needs. So, th and throughout the Bible, actually, food is of often about more than just the food itself. And meals in the Bible are nearly always things that speak of something more. In some parts of the world today, that's still actually the case, where a meal is never just a meal. It's always some sort of important statement about life and community, for example. It's a shame that we've lost some of that spiritual connection to food in our culture, I think. But that, that connection is just assumed in the Bible. Uh, we've already mentioned the Exodus story, where God provided manna, bread from heaven, as the Israelites journeyed through the wilderness. But in the Exodus story, God also told Moses that he had given that manna so that we would know that mankind does not live by bread alone, but by everything that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, he said, the bread that you eat is teaching you that you need more than just your physical bread to live well. You need God who gives all that we need in life, the deeper things too, the things that come from the mouth of God. And in Israel's subsequent life of worship, everything was seemingly shot through with food and meals that symbolized those deeper, greater necessities and provisions 
that God gives, things like salvation, of course, peace, love and forgiveness and atonement and community and hope. For ancient Israel, Israel food spoke of all those things too which come from God. And of course the New Testament has its own very special symbolic meal as well, which remains central to the life of the Christian church today. Jesus gave us the Lord's table, his table, communion or Eucharist, however whatever we call it. It's a table that is Jesus's table. In other words, he's laid this table for us. And, and on this table, bread and wine speak to us of Jesus Christ and how his blood, his body and his blood were given for us on the cross. So in biblical thought, as I say, food is never just food. It always signifies something more. And in John 6 that Adrian read for us earlier, Jesus drew on that fact to speak about himself and our need of him as our saviour. And it's a chapter that's full of the word bread and also the word give that we have in the Lord's Prayer, give us this bread. So it's got a very similar, John 6 has got a very similar vocabulary to that prayer we're thinking about today. But this time the focus is on Jesus and what it means to find eternal life in him. Now in John 6, Jesus had actually just recently miraculously fed bread to a crowd of more than 5,000 people. And late, just later on after that, he says, you're looking for me because you ate those loaves and your stomachs were filled. But he said, don't just work for that kind of food, for food that spoils. But he said, but work for food that endures to eternal life, because I will give that to you as well, he said. Now, when he said that, some people in the crowd started to think about how God fed the Israelites manna. And Jesus said, in response, he said, look, it's not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It's my father who's now giving you the true bread from heaven. Because he said the bread of God is actually the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the whole world. So in other words, he says something in that older story for, for the Israelite people is now coming true, not just for one group, but for the whole world. Now they said to him in response, they said, Sir, continually give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am that bread. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. For he said, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he's given me, but will raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Now in response to this, some people started to grumble, believe it or not, uh, about what he had said. And they said, I, they said why did Jesus say, I'm, I'm the bread that came down from heaven? Is this not Jesus, they said, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? And Jesus says, stop grumbling among yourselves. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life, he says. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, but they still died. But here is bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and never die. I am the living bread, he said, that has come down from heaven 
and whoever eats this bread will live forever. And then he said this, and the bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And that is what this meal that we're about to take is about. That Christ, the bread of life that is Jesus, was actually his own body, which he gave for the life of the world. So Jesus reminds us in that passage in John 6 that while there are some types of bread that benefit us temporarily for our stomachs, the literal bread we have every day, there are other things in life that can last much longer and that shape us even into eternity. As human beings, in other words, we need more than just physical food. Life is meant to be more than just physical survival. We come from God, and he means us to share in the fullness of his life. And Jesus says he had come to the world to feed us in that much truer, deeper, more, elast more lasting sense as well. He had come to bring us and give us the very life of God. So yes, God can provide the physical bread for the crowds, as he did in John's Gospel. But Jesus was now going to the cross, giving him himself, his own life. God gives himself at the cross so that we can share in his eternal life as we follow him. And those are the things, Jesus says, that won't spoil in the larder. These are things that mean even death itself is no longer an end and day-to-day -day life can be more than just surviving because when we come to Jesus and allow him into our lives, life becomes filled with the life of God. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. What was Jesus, the Son of God, doing when he died on the cross? He was giving his life, he says there, for the world, so that the world will not die, but will live through him. So he died for you, so that you can have eternal life. So that all the forms of death that you and I experience, including the forms of death we bring on ourselves, which the Bible speaks of as sin, so that he, he, Jesus on the cross took all those forms of death upon himself so that he, he could take them on his shoulders and allow them to do their worst to him instead of us. Jesus died under the weight of it all, carrying it all for us so that we can be joined to him as he came through that into his resurrection, into the triumph of his life which overcame it all. And every time the church comes to the communion table and eats bread in remembrance of Jesus and drinks wine in remembrance of his blood shed on the cross, we are remembering what he's done for us. We are remembering that the gift of life comes to us ultimately through Jesus Christ. Give us each day our needed bread, we pray. And our greatest need is to have Jesus because we need God. And guess what? We have him. This table tells us God gives himself to you. He's given himself for you, and that is the good news, we're told. 
that all the world needs to hear, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting our sins against us anymore. And this is why the meal at the heart of the life of the church is a meal about Jesus giving himself body and blood for you and for me. So we pray that God will give us our daily bread. The bread on your table, absolutely. But also the needed bread that is God himself. His love, his forgiveness, his life, his truth, his salvation, his resurrection one day and his eternal future. As Jesus said, don't just think, don't just think about the bread that spoils that you put in the bread bin. Don't just think about the things in life that are temporary. How easily we do that. Think instead, even more so, about the bread that will last beyond this life into eternity and be thankful that God gives you that bread too. He gives you Jesus, his son, the greatest gift of God's grace that you and I in the world has ever known.